Part three, chapter one of Mountains in the Mist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. Mountains in the Mist by Frank W. Borum. Part three, chapter one. Granny granny was a pioneer with a vengeance when the free church of scotland first announced its intention of establishing a colony in faraway new zealand she her husband and her young family were among the very first emigrants to be enrolled brave little woman for in those days new zealand was thought of as the happy hunting ground of wild barbarians and good little woman no finer testimony could be produced to the excellent character that granny then bore for the free church was determined to send out only men and women of unimpeachable integrity and a most searching scrutiny was made into the character of each proposed emigrant granny and her guide-man stood the test and by the very first ship that sailed for the strange southern land away they went after a voyage of nearly six months the philip lang cast anchor off the new zealand coast she had been becalmed in the tropics and had been tumbled in the mountainous seas about the cape but she reached her haven at last i have often looked at new zealand from the scene of that historic anchorage and have tried to conjure up the land as granny first saw it no streets no houses no shops no anything virgin bush right down to the water's edge what a gorgeous riot of emerald forestry the newcomers must hew down for themselves the trees from which their first rude cabins must be built and i like to remember that before an axe was raised or a spade lifted these heroic pioneers and pathfinders kneeled together on the shore and sought grace to lay the foundations of a new nation in the love of righteousness and in the fear of god granny was a very young woman then plump and bonny with her husband by her side and her children at her skirts if peace hath her victories no less renowned than war she has her heroes too and heroines and surely a scottish lassie who could accompany her brawny young husband as he carved a path through an untrodden antipodean forest in order that they might found for themselves a home in the silent and uninhabited interior has earned a victoria cross granny and her husband paused at last on the summit of a mountain overlooking the blue blue sea on the one side and a silvery lake on the other there on the crest of the hill they resolved to build for themselves a home and to seek their bread by cultivating the bush-clad slopes around fifty years later it was often my delight to visit her i was always dragged up the mountain track on a pair-horse sledge and I never climbed that steep ascent without thinking of those early days when poor Granny, with no track made for her and no horse to help her, fought her way up the difficult slope as best as she could. And I doubt not that she bore her bairnies much of the way, or how could they have clambered through the bush to the summit? Those first colonists were made of iron. Up there on the mountain top, a home was soon built. It was very rough, but it did the bush was burned and the first crops were sown and the great lake on which in those first days granny looked down was drained by companion settlers 
and converted into one of the most fertile plains on the face of the earth it was out on the bed of that old lake that my manse was built for me i treasure amongst my richest treasure trove the memory of my first visit to granny she had been recently widowed her sons and her grandsons farmed the fertile hillsides all around her and they built for her special comfort a dainty little cottage at the back of the old homestead the picture is indelible there she stands in the rose-covered doorway of the quaint little cabin like a pretty old painting exquisitely framed i can still see her wrinkled face buried in the wavy depths of her lilac sunbonnet her little plaid shawl is neatly crossed over her breast and fastened behind her back her scottish accent was so pronounced and her brogue so broad that i cannot pretend to have caught every word that she uttered but for all that it was a treat to hear her there is music in the murmur of the waves though we know not what they are saying and at any rate if poor granny's speech was too subtle for prosaic southern ears her eyes were always eloquent enough they seemed to glow with the very joy of living and as she stands there framed in her cottage portal her hands seem always outstretched to welcome her minister i wish that every man could share my rare privilege in passing straight from college to such a school as granny kept for me when nowadays i find sleep coy and difficult to woo i just lie still and think of granny as i used to see her at the cabin door in those first days of my ministry in Maoriland. what times they were what tales she told me as we sat together in her wee but cosy button-bend the pathos of her early exile her insufferable homesickness as she sat on quiet and lonely sabbaths her face in her hands and her elbows on her knees peering over the wilds and the waters dreaming fondly of the old land and the old kirk how tenderly she told of the patient struggles of those first days of colonization the infinite labor of building their home on the summit the long and perilous tramps in search of every simplest requisite the heavy burdens that had to be carried on their own backs in the days before horses and cattle were to be had the prosperity that responded to toil and the ease that came with the years of all these she chatted easily cheerfully gratefully and when after a while i saw her tall young grandson pass the open door on his way to the stable to harness the horses to my sledge i used to reach for her old bible it had accompanied her through all the days of her pilgrimage the covers had been more than once repaired every page was brown with age and wear how fondly she eyed it as i opened its mellow leaves i read to her passages that were like music to her soul she always chose them and her face simply gleamed as i read she had learned every word of those stately chapters by heart before i was born and had i stumbled would have instantly detected the slip but she enjoyed the passage none the less on the account and then we kneeled together in the presence that was very real and somehow i always felt that prayer was wonderfully easy in the perfumed atmosphere of that little room i heard one day that granny was dying it was raining in torrents there was no way of arranging for the mountain sledge i drove to the foot of the track and then commenced the ascent it was the only time that i ever walked it and i even felt glad that it was raining 
it would have seemed a horrid incongruity if the sun had been shining and the birds singing when old granny was dying to my joy i arrived in time granny was lying dreadfully still and perfectly prostrate in her tiny room the watchers thoughtfully slipped out and left us as we had so often been alone together i stroked the wrinkled brow about which the snowy curls were tumbled now her eyes spoke to me in reply and i understood for the last time i reached for her bible i knew what to read if for her great countrymen there was only one book at such a time for granny was only one chapter in my father's house there are many mansions even as i give utterance to the beautiful and rhythmic cadences the rain ceased to beat upon the little window-pane and i read on amidst a silence that was like the threshold of another world it was like the hush of the presence chamber the anteroom of the eternal i could see that granny drank in every syllable and it was as the wine of the kingdom of heaven to her taste and then i prayed or tried to for the last time when i rose from my knees by her bedside the setting sun had struggled through the rain clouds it streamed gloriously through her little western window it transfigured her wan face and wandering hair as it fell upon her snowy pillow i quietly rose to leave i was about to take her hand in mine when a thing happened that i think i shall remember when all things else have been forgotten to my amazement granny rose and sat bolt upright in the glory of the setting sun she seemed almost more than human dun she exclaimed dun and motioned me to kneel once more by her bedside i obeyed her and as i knelt i felt her thin worn hands on my head and i heard her clear scotch accent once more the lord bless ye she said in slow and solemn tones the lord bless ye and keep ye the lord bless ye in your youth and in your old age the lord bless ye in your basket and in your store the lord bless ye in your kirk and in your hame the lord bless ye in your guide wife and in your wee bairns the lord bless ye in your gangs out and your comings in fray this time forth and even for every mar i have bowed my head to many benedictions but i have never known another like that the frail form was completely exhausted and poor granny sank back heavily upon her pillow in a very little while she had passed beyond the reach of my poor ministries but i often feel her thin fingers in my hair and that last benediction will abide like the breath of heaven upon my spirit till i shall see her radiant face once more end of part three chapter one Recording by Lawrence Trask.